Yo, so this is a recording from a podcast that I was interviewed on this week by some of the dudes from the Success Journey podcast. And I have pretty much just clipped out the parts that will be the most relevant for you guys listening to this podcast on how to maintain consistency and continue to grow at accelerated rates, even when things get really fucking tough and hard and practical strategies on how to mentally break through the barriers that would stop you from actually normally getting through this shit. It was a really powerful podcast, um, the interview that I was interviewed on, and I thought it would be absolutely disrespectful if I didn't get this to you guys as well. Shout out to the dudes from success journey podcast. Thank you so much for this interview. And, uh, for all of you listening, I hope you really enjoy it. Peace. Hey, we have none other than Chris Morrison, the hails out of Australia. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Sydney, Australia, to be specific. And oh, I'm so, <laughs> so grateful to be here, guys. Thank you so much. I've, I've, uh, I've, I've, already, I've already had fun so far with the, uh, the, the, the pre-game chat. Yeah, yes, love it, man. It's an honor to have you on, man. It's Thanks, honor. man. Appreciate it. So why don't you start off, Chris, with just sharing just a little bit about yourself. Um, who is Chris Morrison? Sure. Um, that's a great question. And I think that the best way to explain it is that Chris Morrison is an ever-evolving person and he's never one person in any moment in time. Um, but for me, uh, at this point in time, I am a sales trainer. Um, we run a sales training company that serves the, um, the marketing agency space. Uh, we have a hundred or so clients across the majority of the U S uh, 99% of our clients are in the U S. Um, I have a team of six, um, and we do multi six figures, uh, sometimes per month, which is pretty cool. Um, and the journey to getting to that and the identity shifts that have happened through that period of time have always been hard. They've never been easy. They've sucked every time. And it felt like I was getting my, um, my soul taken from me every single time as well. Um, but I grew up, um, probably not too dissimilarly to all of the people that listen to this stuff right now as well. Um, I didn't necessarily have a bad family, but I got into bad situations quite a lot. Um, I had family who were, um, how do I best explain this without exposing, um, <laughs> in, let's just call them like, limitations. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sh sh let, let's just call them shady groups and gangs. Right. Um, and I grew up with a lot of that same mindset. Um, I was never not in trouble with the police to some degree. I've had guns pulled on me. I've had um, people try to stab me. I've had, you know, all, 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 all the things that you wouldn't want to happen, I've had happen. I've had, um, I, in one day for some offense, I had 68 charges to my name. This is when I was 17. So you're, you're talking a whole lifetime ago, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I started shifting things around and um, lost a whole little weight. I was like, uh, if I, I'm, I'm trying to think of pounds, but like in kilos, it was like a hundred kilos and then went down to like 65. Like I, I like lost half my weight essentially, right? Mm. Or 35% of my weight. I was a little fat. Um, <laughs> I, I, I used to get like ridiculed at school. Um, I had all the, the I, I had all the, 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 the childhood fears and traumas that everyone goes, Oh my God, this is why you are so 
up or whatever it is, right? Like I had all that stuff. Um, and went into a, 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 a role in sales in the sports nutrition industry. Um, and my understanding was that I, I got a role at a, at a supplement store on a Sunday after, like it was a Sunday casual position, which I'm fairly sure that the actual position was designed to make sure that someone doesn't, uh, someone's there to make sure the shop doesn't burn down. There was no real purpose other than that being the role in itself. Um, and being from the fitness industry and a personal trainer at the time and all sort of stuff, I was, um, uh, you know, just happy to be there and having people help people through that journey at the same time as well. Um, which then, uh, I fell in love with the, um, process more so of communicating with someone and helping them shift beliefs to a point where they decided to make a huge change and being able to do it without necessarily needing to be with them while they're training through giving them a training program and giving them um, like nutrition guidance and everything else at the same time too. And I also found that the more times I was able to do that, the more people would actually say, hey, this is amazing and send more people to me. And I was going to make, able to make a lot of money for this company. And I ended up becoming a store manager, ended up becoming um, like second highest person in the company for sales across like four or 500 people, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I then went into a, a an account management role for a sports nutrition company based in Toronto, Canada. So I was, okay. uh, I, was av- I was averaging at about 85 to 90 flights per year um, mm-hmm. across different continents and uh, all, all, all the different cool stuff that happens across those. Um, I also had... Um, through that period of time, I went from being an account manager through to a national sales manager and uh, looking after probably a hundred or so reps, um, under me and managing about a hundred million in sales a year, which is pretty cool. Um, came back to Australia, had another role here where I was uh, working with someone that, um, had a similar company in Australia and we could just leverage my network and stuff to help grow a lot of the stuff they were doing here. That guy ended up, um, uh, what did he do? How was the best way to explain it? He was siphoning money out of the company and mm. ended up leaving us all high and dry to a huge degree. So, like, I remember getting the call one day. Um, it was like, hey, you've got to come back and bring your car back and bring your phone back. Like, we've, we've shut the company down. You don't get paid. You don't get any of the money you've owed and deserved. It was like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like, what, 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 where's, Ashton, where's Ashton Kutcher? Like, we're getting punked right now, right? Um, and I, I, I kind of found that day that, like, not everything lasts forever by any means. Um, and a lot of the, the companies that we were working with at the time actually ended up um, asking if I would be willing to consult to them on helping them grow the supplement stores that they had. Because the reason they were buying from me and the team that we had weren't because the products were anywhere world-class. It was because the way that we sold to them was teaching them how to sell the product through and market it more effectively, right? Mm. Um, the reason why they liked working with us and paying us as opposed to other distributors is because we, what we actually offered them was consulting and we didn't realize that we were doing that. We just knew that the best way to actually sell more product was be a consultative salesperson, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I was like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. That's, that sounds ridiculous. There's no chance I want to do that. Um, I just want to go get another job. And then someone says, cool, man, that's that's a great story, but I'm willing to give you $5,000. And that was the day I decided that was the right thing for me to do. <laughs> I'm like, cool, man. Let's, yeah, let's I'm, do I'm a this. consultant now. Yeah, let's do, let's do that now. Um, 
and that's kind of where my like uh the, the the story started for me wanting to actually help people actually create better systems and stuff in their own businesses if that makes sense and since then i've had um a whole lot of different experience with business coaching and um going through the process of like helping major change in, in different organizations which is really really like i'm very grateful for that at the same time as well um this is my third coaching business that I have right now. Um, this business is specifically focused on what I mentioned before, being uh, sales training for agencies. How that came about was because I just ran a, a, a program where there was no niche. that was just like a sales training program. Agencies joined and then um, they got the best results out of everyone and ended up moving into that as a niche to go down and uh, ended up building a team of people around me who have all owned an agency doing at least 100 grand a month. Um, so everyone that they're learning from in my, in my team all have, uh, experiential based knowledge to help them through this stuff. Um, as opposed to just us teaching some random, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so that sort of like gives you a, hopefully a bit of a backstory to like the, the main points of what got me to where I am right now. And I guess that will help you guys draw upon some stuff to ask questions or whatever it might be. Yeah. Yes, yeah. sir. Go ahead, Rick. <laughs> No, I love it. I love it, man. I appreciate you sharing that with us, man. You know, go, go back, you know, to that Chris that um, was trying to figure things out that when if someone looked at him, they would probably looked at him and said, man, this kid gets, gets kicked out of these classrooms, gets kicked out of the school, gets kicked out of here. He's not going to amount, amount to anything, um, you know, as teachers or whatever it may be. Talk, talk about that Chris and kind of things that started clicking for you as you started kind of growing into yourself. Can I preface this by saying that the more people who say you're doing a good job, the further, like, the further you are away from having good motivation. Mm -hmm. um, I'm experiencing this right now where people are going, dude, you're crushing it. This is so good. Like, you should be so proud of yourself. And I'm like, could someone just tell me I suck so I have a reason to go do something? Seriously, <laughs> right? Like, can someone just tell me I suck at something so I can actually have a reason to prove them wrong? Like, seriously, that that was like the mindset that I have around this stuff right now. Um, I don't know. I, I was like the fact that I grew up in school. Um, I used to get teased all the time. And um, I think that uh, I was always like... a a fairly intelligent kid who never applied himself in any way, shape and form that was, you know, respective to school or whatever it might be, because I just didn't fit into that model of reality. I didn't like it. Um, but when it came to the things that I was really passionate about, I was really passionate about them and I was able to create some amazing things out of them at the same time too. But I think that the biggest thing that I was experiencing um, that, and, you know, breaking points and whatever it might be is like the amount of self-doubt that you have within yourself is, is pretty big, especially, and this is like, the, the, the shifting sort of things sometimes when um, I, I preface this and opened up by saying that I wish people would doubt me more now, right? But in the beginning, when you have people doubting you, it's almost like you need one person to believe in you and it shifts and it's like a cycle yeah. of different things, right? Correct, like, yeah, correct, correct. It's like, you know, you just need one person to believe in you at the beginning because you don't have that doubt behind yourself. But as you get further on, you're like, I want people to doubt me again. It's yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. It's so <laughs> weird. Um... <laughs> But for me, right, like, um, I think that one of the biggest things that people experience is something called imposter syndrome, whether you guys are familiar with that or not. I'm yeah. not sure whether people listen to this right now are familiar with it. I'm not sure. Um, but I'm also under the belief that, like, 
that imposter syndrome as a whole is something that you need to experience. And if you try to run from it, you're not going big enough or trying to live to the expectations yeah. that you truly have of yourself at the end of the day at the same time too, right? Um, and for me, I always look for uncommon motivation at the end of the day, right? Like um, some of the biggest turning points for me have typically come from, um, and this is the way that I view motivation as a whole anyway, right? Because this, the question you essentially ask is like, what were the turning points and what were your thoughts and stuff too, right? For me, I think every day can be a turning point if you if you frame things correctly. And I'll, I'll illustrate with a story that didn't necessarily come from my life, but it triggered something in my own life for me. Are you guys familiar with Je Jesse Itzler is? No. no. Okay, so Je Jesse Itzler, um, he is just a, a, a like a, a huge influencer in the entrepreneurial space. Um, I'm fairly sure he's married to Sarah Blakely, who is the girl who owns Spanx, which does a it's a billion dollar company, right? Oh yes, um, yeah, yeah, I know her. Yeah, he was on, on, I think she or he was on Valuetainment. Uh, yeah, it was him. I think they both were with yeah uh, at, at different times. Yeah. Um, and there was something that he said on there and uh, he asked the, the person, who, whoever the host was, the question of, um, uh, you know, how old are your parents? And he said, you know, 75 years old. And he said, cool. So the, um, the average life expectancy is, is, you know, 80 years old, right? How many times per year do you see your parents? And he goes, you know, maybe two. And he goes, well, how about thinking about life like this as opposed to the way you have been thinking where you, you know that there is five years left potentially in your parents' lives, right? But if you think of it in respect that if you only see them two times per year, that means you only have 10 times left to see your parents ever again. Mm. Right? <laughs> you only have 10 opportunities to experience your parents ever again. And when you start looking through the eye's perception of that, it changes the way you operate on a daily basis, if that makes sense. Um, because the questions you would typically ask yourself then is like, would the frequency at which you see your parents change? Would the way you operate a way, around the way you appreciate your parents change? Would the way that you actually um, uh, try to do your best to help your children um, align or extract out of the values that your parents taught you, would you put more effort into that, right? And it gives you this whole different perspective of the cost of inaction as opposed to the cost of action, right? Um, and gets you out of the normal cycle and loop of different things at the same time as well. Yeah. Um, and for me, I, 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 I typically look at the cost of inaction and everything as opposed to the cost of action sometimes. The average person will think that, okay, cool, if I do this, what if I fail? What if I do this? Which is the cost of action that they're thinking about, which is the fears behind it, right? But when it comes to, you might like the reality being you have 10 times left to see your parents, that's it's it changes your whole perspective on life um and similarly in the respects that imagine if you only had 100 mondays left on earth right hmm. but mm. if you had one if you had 100 mondays left on earth right you only had 100 mondays to set your family up so they never have to worry about financial position ever again to make sure that every single person that you have the ability to actually um you know touch in the way and i'll use i'll define the word touch in the way that um is uh, you know, you say that you want to make an impact, whatever it might be, right? But like, if you only had a hundred Mondays left to do that, how differently would you be living your life and operating in some way, shape, or form? Would you quit the job you currently have now and pursue the dream that you want? Would you um, 
Like, what, what is it that you would change that would make life different if you knew you only had 100 Mondays left? Yes. And for me, this, this is the way that I think about things too, right? Because the cost of inaction is so much more powerful than the cost of action. This is something I talk a lot about clients about in aspects of like, um, you might say you don't want to make sales activities and do calls, but how is your daughter going to go to Disneyland without the money that you need from, from them? <laughs> yeah. Right. So like for, like, well, for me, I'm going to Disneyland, Disneyland. Yeah, no, but like, and, but the question's like, so, you know, how are you going to break it to Jasmine that you're not going to Disneyland in two months? Yeah. Yeah. And the whole, and the whole thing changes like, Oh, I'm just being kind of in my own way. Cool. I should probably change something about that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And the thing is for me, right. Is like, um, the reason why I illustrated with this as opposed to saying within my own stories, because I live this on a daily basis, mm. right? Um, on, a on a daily basis, you have to get out of your own way. You have to ask yourself better questions on a daily basis to make sure that you actually are in alignment with who you want to be, because you may only have a hundred Mondays left. Mm. Seriously. You're like, you, you might not even get those hundred. Correct. Right. Correct. And, Correct. and for me, one of the biggest things that I, that I have that sits in my gut and it makes me feel sick is I like, I have this like up thought in my head where like I just don't want to be in the graveyard with regrets. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. So I correct. wish I would have, the wish I could have. Wish I would have, I wish yeah. I could have, and, and, I should have. Yeah. And I think there's a million ways I could I, I could have illustrated that with my own story, but I think it would it, it helps whoever's listening to this right now, it helps you, the person who's listening. To, to have it illustrated through the, the way I just explained it, because you start seeing your own experience as opposed to mine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. Wow. You know, you said imposter syndrome, right? For yeah. some of the listeners out there that don't know exactly what this is, could you break that down for them so that they will know, you know, because there's a, a lot, I'll let you break it down, then we'll get into it. I think um, imposter syndrome is, it's when you feel, no longer like yourself um and there's typically uh a continuum of time it takes for you to realize that you've changed and shifted identity and times you have to realize it for you to realize that you have changed but that's within yourself and i'll illustrate in a story in a second but then there's also the um the ingredients that add up to imposter syndrome are also the perceptions that people on the outside of you have of you at the same time as you having your perception of yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So people who are your family members, people who are your friends of lo like long-time friends, when you decide to make a positive change of some sort that they don't align with or understand, they will doubt you to the point that makes you doubt yourself. And imposter syndrome is actually a form of doubt to some degree, right? Yeah. Um, and typically it's because you don't believe that you have that it's possible for you to change you or, or you make the changes but because of the, the the way that your brain has been thinking you're you haven't realized that you shifted your identity to some degree and you go back and you rubber band to the person that you were in the beginning and then that's when you feel this uh this feeling of i'm an imposter as a great example right like people who go people who don't have a lot of money who go and make a lot of money, who haven't 
realized that they have had to become a different person through that journey actually yeah. end up losing everything or sabotaging all of it because they haven't realized that they've changed as a person and it's typically because the people who are on the outside of them have a different perception of their own self-perception which mm -hmm. changes their whole reality and makes them feel misaligned with everything <laughs> hey, so, so some of our listeners right now they paused it and they're now checking back and saying wow am i an imposter or <laughs> am i am i going through that syndrome or how do i look at myself and how does my friends look at me how does my family look at me oh man yeah it's a very it's an, I don't know. Do you think it's a good place to be, or what? What, what, what do you think about being at that imposter, um, or having that syndrome, or you're in the middle of it? What, 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 what do you feel about it? I don't think it means anything. Um, I just think it's an experience. It's unavoidable for you. Mm -hmm. So you you, you you get your own choice as to whether you say it's good or bad, but understand that if you say that it's bad, you create more friction for yourself. And if you, if you say yeah. it's good, you get the opportunity to um, accept it and move through it a lot quicker. Yeah. So yeah. You, 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 it's, it's up to your own uh, discretion and choice as to how you um, experience imposter syndrome. But in my experience, the quicker you choose to accept it and go, Oh, cool. I'm just shifting identity right now. Um, the quicker things actually move for you and the further you typically tend to go. Otherwise, you create this internal resistance because you are pushing against it consistently. Yeah. You get to choose, you, you, you get to choose your experience in that way. Exactly. I, I love how you I love how you expressed yeah. that, Chris, because for me, if you ask me that question, I would say imposter syndrome is many times is directly associated with your growth and is necessary in your growth, right? Because it's I remember, unavoidable. Yes. Completely unavoidable. Exactly. It's part of the process. And um, I got stories about stories on it, but for those that are out there that, like you said, associated with the negative thing, they get into those situations where they feel that imposter syndrome and they close doors on themselves why? Because it's pulling them out of a comfort zone. So they go Absolutely. back to who they were current per previously. And yes, that sir. person previously didn't produce to the level that they actually want to be right. at. So then they get build that frustration in their life, you know? And, uh, and they go back to comfortable. They're going back to comfortable, right? And, yeah. but, but what I also find when that happens, because this, I, um, one of the biggest things that I try to share with a, a lot of clients or people who are crazy enough to follow along with the stuff that I say, right? Um, is that the further you go on, the louder it gets, right? So the, 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 the further I've gone in my uh, entrepreneurial journey and even just like journey of self-discovery, because if I'm honest, the biggest personal development course you'll ever do is running a business, right? The biggest personal development course you'll ever do is staying committed to something for the long term because you have to overcome yourself in so many different ways. And it's my experience that the voices get louder and the commitment needs to be tighter to your growth because it gets harder, not easier. Mm. Correct. Yeah. And it's only when you accept that it's going to get harder and you prepare yourself for the hard. I'm like a huge lover of David Goggins, right? Like the dude, you just can't...
with his with his mindset, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, like his cookie jar analogy and all the the, the 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 ways where you can take off the mental limiters if you want to use those yeah, as the yeah, example, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and for me, I think that this is like some of my favorite stuff to talk about, right? Because like. Um, you know, there's the expectation of like when I get there, but the problem is that the there never comes, right? Correct. You've never arrived. Yeah. And yeah. when you feel like you've arrived, you feel like you lose it all, right? Yeah. And then it creates this cognitive dissonance where you feel like things should be going right, but I don't align with that. And oh my God. And when you do get to a huge point, there is not one person that I've ever met that doesn't sabotage it to some degree. There's no one, no, no one has has been able to avoid sabotage because you also need to experience sabotage to realize you're sabotaging. Yeah, that's another yeah, thing that, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, I've yeah, understood yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and one of the ways that this is actually uh, um, manifested for me in, in in my life as of late is like we've um, uh, had to let a few uh, team members go. And I've had to walk back into some of the sales roles in, in our company, which felt like a backward step for me. So I avoided it like crazy, right? Mm -hmm. I avoided it like crazy, which was sabotage, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, it wasn't until, and it, what what the actual reality was in after my own sitting with it and self-discovery is that like, I was scared that I wasn't going to be good enough when I created process <laughs> right like I, I created the process um and I, I i still had these fears like you know i wasn't gonna be good enough and it, it wasn't until i just like I'm, it wasn't until i'd had so much frustration I'm like i'm just so sick of this i'm like cool how about you just get out of your own way and do it and take minor imperfect actions to build up that emotional resilience again to actually build that um confidence back in you again at the same time as well um but the longer you uh, lean into the resistance side, the harder those smaller things on a daily basis become. And it's not until you commit. And one of the biggest things that um, uh, I've, I've shared within our programs and all the stuff is like the goal of consistency is better than the goal itself. And the way that I'll, uh, I'll illustrate this is that instead of saying I want to actually make, um, you know, a hundred thousand, a million dollars this year, whatever it is, the goal should be, I want to work out how many days I can stay consistent in a row doing these tasks until I'm able to optimize and delegate that to someone else without sabotaging them or myself through that process. The goal of consistency is so much more important because it builds the emotional resilience inside you. Yes, it's... Chris, you hit the nail on the head for me. A lot of people want to set the goal but they don't want to do the work to get to the goal. For sure. So they, they think the they think the big task is just to sit down at the beginning of the year or New Year's resolution, right? Do, 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 do your planning and yeah. Yep. You do all your planning and you say, by the end of the year, I want to be able to do X. But month one, they're heavy on it, right? Mm -hmm. Month two, they kind of slack and then they'll say, you know what happened? All right, hey, next month, month I'll pick it up. Month. Next month, I'll pick it up. about a month. About a week, man. Yeah, week. yeah. yeah. But, now. <laughs> like the, the 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 second week of January is the biggest um week for gym memberships. Not the right. first, but the second. It's always because because people still have their hangover in the first week and they're still eating like fat. They're still on holidays yeah, and all that stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. Left um, yeah, left over. Yeah, 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 yeah. You still you still got Christmas ham and everything else as well. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> yeah. um, the, the the second week in the gyms is 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 the highest uh revenue weeks for many gyms um 
and that that's uh, it, it, it goes January and then just drops the <laughs> off for the rest of the year. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hey, they probably yeah. still have the picture of like how you have Iron Mike back there. They probably yeah. still have that picture in their in their room, looking at it every day, and like, all right, next week I'll start. Man. <laughs> next week I'll start. But, but, um, but it's interesting, right? Like that that um that model of thought doesn't like uh, no one's exempt from that thinking sometimes, though, right? Yeah, if, nobody. No, is. no one's exempt from that thinking, right? Like even I, I was like, man, oh, cool. I'll, I'll start doing sales activity again on Monday. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not, that's not going to happen for me because every single day now, I'm literally sitting there thinking, um, I know I'm not living up to my potential and it's making me feel like an absolute piece of shit. I don't have a better term. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I feel like a piece of shit not actually having the, 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 knowing that I'm not taking the responsibility, which creates more of that imposter syndrome, which makes you, um, start to doubt yourself more, which yeah, yeah just the, the thing. There, there was an amazing. Um, I wonder if I can share this with, just so you guys can see this. You've been listening to the Success Journey Show. You could check us out on our social media on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Also on our website, thesuccessjourneyshow.com. Enjoy the rest of the show. This is the image of illustration here, right? Showing up daily, what we think that it means, right? But what it actually means is just making sure that you stay consistent on a daily basis um, because you're not going to be able to work at full capacity every single day. But every day you don't turn up, you rob yourself of the progression that you could be having to some degree. And that's what creates that cognitive dissonance where I should be here, but I'm here and what the is going wrong? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I just want to share that because I feel like the illustration of that makes a huge difference yes. in what the commitment to consistency could look like for you on a daily basis. And it can come up if you don't follow that. Because you think that you need to be at your best every single day when you just need to show up every day. What, what, how do, how do, but, but I mean, it makes sense as we say it, but how do we as people, why do we have that mentality that, hey, showing up every day means means go you know 120 i know one of my good mentors like oh 120 you know the day i die you know but in reality no one can go 120 every single day yeah um or 120 looks different based off of the the parameters that the day brings right um so the results may look different but but why do people think that is full throttle or nothing I think it's because people are bought into an all or nothing culture as opposed to, um, and, and if I'm honest, people suck at all or nothing as well. People cheat in relationships, people um, like cheat themselves out of results and all sort of stuff as well when they aren't buying into the goal of consistency. Like that is the goal. Yeah. The yeah. goal is consistency. Yeah. Right. And if, if, if more people understood that the goal was consistency, not the result, irrespective of the thing that you are talking about, whether it be a business, whether it be the body, whether it be your finances, whether it be the relationship, right? Um, the goal is, and, 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 and it's also managing your own expectations of what the, uh, the work to actually get whatever you want is, and then realizing that there's a clear picture of, oh, right, this is not going to be as easy as I wanted as I wanted it to be. Because no one expects it to be easy. They all go, yeah, I know it's going to be hard. But everyone deep down wants it to be easy. Easy, right? correct. Like, the, but like the, the, no one is exempt from going, I wish this was easier. 
right? Yeah. No, 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 no one, no one doesn't think those thoughts in some way, shape, in some way, shape, and form on some day, right? Yeah. But the, the 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 truth and fact of the matter is that by changing the focus of okay, it's I'm I'm gonna suck ninety percent of these days, right? But if I just show up, at least I'll build the experience, which will make me suck less the next day. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Or that's or, or or that's the way that my very small mind thinks about it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. I like I like how you you know it's crazy because I look behind you there on the wall and, and I I'll I'll let the cat out the bag, people. Like when when he was first talking to me, I was like, mm, Chris, I don't know about Chris. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> but then I saw his wall. That anybody that has Michael Jordan on their wall. I don't care if it's I don't care who you are. If you have Michael Jordan on your wall, you're okay with me. And I think Michael Jordan exemplifies, you know, he he's probably at a cognitive he's probably at an imposter syndrome right now because of where he's used to winning. Mm. And he's consistent, right? He was consistent when it when when he was just a player, he was consistent, but then he changed to a, a owner back to a player, back to an owner, and now he's at a place where, but you see those guys, they keep on, like you're saying, the goal is to be consistent. So how do you think, if you could be in Michael Jordan's mind right now, what do you think he's thinking in that frame, like, hey, I used to be a winner, now I'm a business owner, right? One of the only black guys that have a business in um, a, a team, majority team owner in the NBA, so that's a win. But at the same time, your team is not at the top, which he's used to be at the top. How, how, how? Just put yourself in his shoes. What, what, what would, what would be going through your mind right now? I think that thinking creates disharmony in people, and I'll explain why. Mm. Um, the way you just illustrated that illustrates that the only way that you are winning is if you are actually putting shots in the net, right? Um, and I think that that's a really poor way of thinking about what winning actually truly is. Um, and the way that I try to illustrate winning as a whole, I actually spoke with, uh, I spoke publicly with our clients about this the other day is that to most people winning doesn't necessarily need to mean that they won the game or whatever it is, right? Winning is progression to whatever degree that is, right? Because Michael Jordan wasn't always the top player in the, NBA, right? But he progressed until he became that, right? Yeah. Um, and I would be willing to bet if you go and listen to The Last Dance, right? Like one of the biggest things they talk about is like going back and watching game tape. And the reason why they go back and watching and watch game tape is looking at what they could have done better, how they've progressed, and what areas there needs to be for opportunity for them to progress further and look at those to change to, to be better again. And I think that the average, not the average person, the person who knows that they are, the person who knows who have, that they have a bigger calling inside, but they are acting like an average version of themselves and they know that there's a disparity between the two, um, probably isn't creating winning thoughts inside them and isn't creating daily momentum by asking the question of, instead of thinking about, did I win today? Asking the question of like, what was it that I progressed in today that's going to help me win? Right? I find that by by stacking up the mini progressions on a daily basis, 
gets you to feel a feeling of momentum, which makes you walk in swinging your with big energy going, oh my God, no one can with me now, which I promise you is what Michael would have been thinking about. He's going, cool. I have it over all of these people because I'm progressing here, 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 here. And that's why you can't with me. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's, if, 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 if you choose to use winning as the only reason to feel good without realizing that winning as a whole is a, is, is, um, is an accumulation of thousands of daily progressions yeah. in every yeah. single area. Correct. Yeah. Some, Correct. Some, some, sometimes as small as cool. I progressed today because I didn't hit the snooze alarm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that, that, that is a progression. If you, if you, if you have done that in the past, that is progression. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because winning is just a small accumulation of, of, of progressions over time and realizing, but it's, it's the focal point as well. And I'll define focal point as when you start realizing I've progressed here with my alarm not going off today, I progressed by the extra rep I did in the gym. I progressed by um, the fact that I made, uh, I, I, I'm now 18 days in a row where I've done my sales activity. I've progressed because I've done all these things. You start building up that emotional resilience again. And you're like, cool, I'm actually winning now. Things are good. And that's when yeah. you start shooting for what was that uh the six second shot left there did that make sense did that answer the question yes. the way that you have yes. that, that that answered my question perfectly because i would think that michael jordan is a is a person that likes to operate at a high optimum but mm. he understands i think he understands he's he owns the 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 the, the the Hornets, which was never a dominant team, and he has to build sure. it from wherever it it needs to be. So and think about what he just did last year, right? Correct. Rookie of the year. Rookie mm. of the year. When, right? when has he ever brought in someone of that caliber to the league? Correct. He tried. Yeah. Yep. So now that's a win for him, right? Yep. Yeah. Sure. And then now they're they're actually doing good playoffs. They're they're in the playoffs. Ah. The play. Uh, they they have to play their um, bottom four, yeah. but they still have to play to get into the into the tournament but they're they're progressing over the years they have gained more wins absolutely the, 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 so the I think wins. For michael jordan he's looking at that just like you're saying there there a lot of people don't understand the short-term goals which you're talking about and the long-term goals and the short-term yep. goals will help you to generate that well, long-term it, even if you don't because uh, i i, I I have like milestones that we shoot towards. It's typically, it's typically not goals, it's milestones, but it's, it's, um, I am in higher momentum when I'm focusing on how we've progressed today as opposed to caring about the goal, if I'm honest. Um, yeah. And I, I think another good analogy to illustrate it with is like people want the cake without realizing the ingredients to go into it and the, and the time it's meant to spend in the oven okay. and the icing is meant to go on it and the ingredients for the icing at the same time as well. They all want yeah. an amazing tasting cake but don't realize what really goes into it at the end of the day. And Correct. if you get, and, and the thing is like in, in, in the life cycle of a cake, let, let, let's call it that you have progressed and you have won these small battles. If you put the right ingredients in at the right measurements at the, um, at the right time in the right oven at the right temperature, like all yeah. those things are mini wins that add up to being the delicious cake that you wanted to eat. And I think yep. that's just the way that I illustrate that stuff. For, for yeah. If it says bake at 300, you can't bake it at 600 and think it's going to get done at a faster time. 
You can't. Yeah, you just you just destroy your oven. Yeah, you exactly. just destroy the oven. <laughs> <laughs> you just destroy man. the oven. That's it. Oh man, Chris, man. I mean, I'm I'm really enjoying this conversation. Um, just your perspective, way you think about things, um, and process it, you know, and you know, you talked a little bit about, about your success um in your career, but really what I really love about this is you're talking about the ingredients that makes up the success, right? Because your success is going to be your success. No one's going to come and duplicate Chris's success because it's Chris's success, right? But what they can duplicate is what are the ingredients that I've put together that I have adopted in my life in order to obtain the success or eat the cake that I'm eating now? 100%. You know, and what I love that you said earlier is, hey, man, I wish someone would just say, that I that I suck at something because <laughs> I just need that push. You know, I need that motivation. I need that. Ah, you think you can hold me on the court? Like, come on, oh, let's go. Like, you just need something that's going to push you over the edge, man. So, t- tell us, you know, share with our, our travelers. You know, what do you do to kind of keep yourself, you know, pushing? And I know you're looking at, you know, the tasks that you have, the milestones that you have. Uh, and maybe that is the answer, creating the milestones. Um, but share with our travelers, you know, you know, what what kind of environment do you create for yourself to make sure that you're progressing every day? I think it actually comes down to a few different approaches. Um, I could die tomorrow. I may never get my hundred Mondays. Mm. Right. Um, me sitting here with you guys right now is living up to my own expectations of myself that if I were to die within my next 100 Mondays, this will live longer than I will and more people will be able to take something away from it. Yes, sir. Um, so I'm always thinking about the cost of inactions, always. Um, the other thing that I do on a daily basis is I ask uh, three questions at the end of the day is like, what was hard about today that I was able to overcome? Because that builds up the emotional resilience inside you. Where did I progress today? So I know what I progressed in. Um, and what could I do better tomorrow that I didn't do today, right? Those three questions make a huge difference to be able to actually think about the progressions that you might need to take and what you can actually do to help yourself um, realize that you are on track. But the question of like what was hard today um, helps you realize that I, you can overcome hard things and that you overcome over hard things on a daily basis at the same time as well. Um, and then the other one, so like uncommon motivation tactic number 483 for this uh, podcast so far. So you've got Kobe here, right? Um, yes, sir. It was only like a short clip, but like Kobe talks about his kill list when he started in the NBA. Oh, man. <laughs> right? And the whole yeah, premise that kill list from his like, AAU. Yeah, 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 yeah quite literally, right? Yeah. <laughs> and the, the whole premise of it is, is like when people aren't, directly giving you that you know motivation of like you suck or whatever it is right it's like well how is like for me it's like how is the market telling me i suck by people trying to steal my clients right now like oh you just joined my kill list i'm gonna destroy you yeah right like um and 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 little things like that and it's uh again it's it's uncommon motivation that people would think like oh you're gonna blame yourself no just think about the people trying to steal your clients right now and try to destroy their life because of it Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, you, 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 you talked about you know it was funny 
because they said Michael Jordan actually made up some of the stories in his head. 100%. Because, because he had to find a way to motivate himself. He needed I, a trigger. I watched, he said, he said I, I, I'm the king of the castle when, it, when I was playing. When he was at his height, he said, I'm the king of the castle playing basketball. You know what it takes for me to wake up to say, I'm going to go play basketball when I know I could destroy everybody out there? I had to, he had to make up something like, this guy said something. He, Man, what was this? It? The one coach said, he said, the coach don't treat the players right. And he killed the team because the coach didn't, <laughs> he made that up. <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally finding something, right? Like everyone's emotional, uh, emotional triggers are different, right? Everyone knows deep down inside what makes them tick, but they don't use it to their advantage for some reason, right? Michael knew how to use his. And that's why he was able to overcome his own. Because if he didn't find those little emotional triggers, he would have not, maybe he wouldn't have been Michael Jordan. Correct. 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 Right? Like, they definitely wouldn't have, like, they wouldn't be up there right now and there wouldn't be a, a, a series called The Last Dance. Do you understand what Correct. I mean, right? Like, Correct. Yeah, Correct. yeah, Correct. yeah. Correct. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I see those pictures around you. Uh, well, you know, I want to ask you this. You're, you're, you're a person that you run your business and you have so many different people and you, and you kind of, you touched it on it with um when you deal with so many people because i used to deal with sales other other i'm in the military so i was a record, uh, oh, recruiter cool. and i had different recruiters and each recruiter definitely had different motivators that i could drive them like you said I, one guy could tell him like listen if you don't make your calls and your sales activities because you know everybody hate the phones everybody hate having to hit all the different milestones that tell you that what your numbers, that what the statistics actually tell you what you need to do to close on whatever. So mm -hmm. one guy would be like, hey, I mean, you want to go home and see your wife, right? <laughs> <laughs> one guy simply, he wanted to just go work out. So what do you do? What do you, in a company that's so large, uh, you say you have how many, about 100 I've had 100 clients or whatever it is, yeah. About and 100 clients. We, we, we have a small team. It's like five, five, five team members. It's five people. So but even five team, team members, yeah. how do you find those motivators? What do you do with, 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 your, with your guys to motivate them? And how do you learn about their motivators? What do you do? Authenticity is the first thing that I want to say, right? Like, um, not hiding from the fact that the conversation, like, like a conversation that I have with one of our, our, our team members, actually pretty much every team member that comes in, right? I have a conversation of like, what the f are you here for? What do you actually want out of your life? And how can we actually make sure that aligns with the way that you do things here, right? Um, so as an example, right? Like everyone has the things that they want in their life. Someone might want to buy a car. They might want to take their wife away on a trip. They might want to... Um, start their own business, but they're working inside yours right now for whatever intent and purpose that may drive for them right now at the same time too. And then it's about um, creating their key performance indicators that they tie to the main thing that they said that they wanted, right? So as an example, we have uh, a, a client success or account manager, if you want to call it, on our team, who wants to buy a, a, a Jeep um, and there was something else that he wanted to do as well. But the key performance indicators are set up in such a way that the money that he makes actually makes him just enough that in six months' time, not just enough, but I mean, like, it's set up from a commission-based structure that in six months' time, so he'll be able to buy that, and that's the thing that we focus on, mm. right? So understanding that the team members are here for this thing and then using that to your advantage and saying, dude, you do want that car, right? 
Like, yeah. And what was it? What what was it about the car that you wanted again? So I'm sick of this thing, blah, blah. Cool, man. And um, how like, you know, but but by not doing this, how much closer do you get to it? And then you have a, a whole different conversation around like what is that goal, the right goal, or whatever it is, right? Yeah. But um sometimes it's deeper, sometimes it's like, cool, man, you got problems at home with your wife right now. Do you want that to continue? <laughs> right? Because like <laughs> The problem is probably money because that's where most problems actually come from. And if you have less of it, then there's going to be more problems at home. So wouldn't it make more sense to have more of it and have less problems there? Be like, oh, yeah, you're probably right. Cool. So let's just think about that. Problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's, do, that let's just think about that then. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> man, uh, I love it, Chris. I love it, man. We, we usually ask uh, this question to all of our guests that comes on and it's more of a, of, of a, of a reflection question um, of a time in your past where you're like, hey, um, you know, I wish I had one minute just to sit with you and just share what I know now to that Chris of past. Um, you know, when would that time frame be for you? And what would you say to that Chris? One minute you had with them. I think too many times come up, but I'll illustrate with it's every time there is an identity shift happening that I'm not aware of. Um, it's every time that I feel a level of imposter syndrome that I don't know that I'm experiencing right now because I haven't made the conscious connection about it right now. Yeah. Because the feeling that you have is that everything doesn't feel right anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's all like consciously, you know, that you're going to get through it, but emotionally yeah. you feel like you're dying because you, you, you are like uh caterpillar through to a butterfly in the cocoon you're coming out the other side of it and you have to be quiet and you have to do things in that way there's been a few times right like uh, my my um i think it was my 29th birthday i was in bed crying because the business wasn't working right i was like man this is like um i'm letting everyone down i'm in a position where i don't know uh if if this is going to turn around or not um and the fact of the matter was it just like it, it was me. I was the problem. Right. Um, and it's just like, there's, there's so many times across my life where that is repeated. And like the, the, the quicker you grow, the more times it happens in frequency. Um, but you just learn to understand that this is happening. It's like, cool. I'm just in an identity shift right now, but it's typically in the identity shift where I find that there is more of that feeling of like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through this. And I wish that I could just remind myself, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm clearly honest with you right now, I can tell myself, someone else can tell me everything is going to be okay, but you don't believe it when you're in that state. Like oh. you, 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 don't, you don't consciously believe it, right? Um, and I wish that there was a, a, a pill or a magic thing that could make me feel like that wasn't the case at all those periods in time. But looking back in reflection, they have been the things that have helped me create the values that I hold and they are so important. Every one of those times has made me either a better leader or made me a better um, family person or whatever it is, right? They've all held and created so much weight behind the values that I will fight for, but you don't realize it at the time. Does that make sense? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. 
Absolutely. Rick, Rick, what what, what, the, what that that clip that you sent me? Um, hard times make. Oh man, I forgot what is. It it, it 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 was very it's very deep. It, it in essence just exactly what you're talking about. Those the, those times that you went through that just made you understand and you understand more who of who you were. And and, and it gave you a, a a chance to stand firm on some of the values because you use that to get through that that those terrible times. Beautiful. I, I, th I think a lot of people don't understand what their values are, and that's a problem. Like, they, they, they've they never clearly defined what's important to them Correct. that they're willing to fight for. Um, and I, I'm, I'm only very infinite in my journey around the actual value definition stuff for myself right now. But I always find that when I'm no longer operating in the defined values that I really find important for myself, that's when I feel the most misaligned with my life, and that's when I feel the worst about it. So if you feel misaligned with what's happening in your life right now, it's probably because you aren't operating in the values that you know are important to you and you're f***ing up your life because of it and you know that you're going to go around that cycle and that's why you hate the things you're doing right now. <laughs> hey, Chris, you gave us a reason to get, come to Sydney, man. <laughs> Please, <laughs> come over, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you, ball, you, you ball or whatever? You play ball? Uh, man, I'm only just getting my hand function back right now. I broke my hand. Um, mm. So I haven't actually been able to. Do, I, I I love shooting hoops, but I'm not. I, I can't do shit at the moment because I'm still in hand therapy. Um, yeah, but by the time you guys are actually allowed to come to the fucking country because of this bullshit that's happening in the world, <laughs> maybe I'll be able to shoot through, shoot some hoops again. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely be able to come down there and um. Oh man, I'd love to have you guys here. Yeah, we'd like to. We'd like to do a trip, a success journey trip, um, to some of the places. We're kind of selfish within this because Ricky and I are going to talk about some um, a lot of the stuff that you talked about. It helps us affirm ourselves in some of the beliefs that we have and some of the things that we're doing. And selfishly, we have what we call we don't we we have we have people around the world that we can go to there that would say, "Hey, 100%. Chris, we're going to be in town. Hook us up." Hundred percent, man. That's that, that that's the um that's the beauty of being able to be selfish when you're honest about it. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. yes. Man, the more, the, the, the more that you're honest about it, the easier it is to be who you're it actually right? hey. Exactly. Hey, Chris, man, before we let you go, I don't want to forget, um, share with our, our traveler listeners, is there any way they can connect with you? They love what they heard. Um, they want to have more conversation with you with a little bit more deeper about maybe sales or whatever it may be. Even if you're looking for somebody to join your team, you know, um, where, where can they connect with you? Where can they learn more about you? I think the, uh, um, the place that I'm the most active is just on Facebook. Um, Facebook messenger is the best way to get in touch with me specifically. And I think that my, uh, my Facebook, um, link is like Facebook forward slash Chris dot em dot 96 i've never been able to change the actual thing on that which is really oh. annoying um but but my name on facebook is chris morrison and that's that, that's where i spend most of my time on a daily basis we run a whole business through facebook so oh wow love it oh, wow. love it yeah well listen man we it was a pleasure having you on the show here thanks guys um, we really love appreciate it. your time and just your insights travelers all around the world you know um if you are in sydney australia just you know look them up check them check chris out on facebook connect um but yeah this has been another phenomenal show and we wouldn't be here without our listeners all around the world we wouldn't be here without you so 
We want to say that uh, we love you. We appreciate you. Go leave a review, comment, share this episode, and we will be back with you next week at the same time at the same place on the Success Journey Show. Everyone have a good one. Peace. Thanks for having me, guys. No problem. You've been listening to the Success Journey Show, where your dreams, drive, determination, and diligence are the foundation to success. For more information, check out thesuccessjourneyshow.com. The Journey Squad is here helping you to your destination.